Yesterday, we gathered in this place for Mother Amy's ordination, and today she will celebrate her first Eucharist. Not only that, but school started this past week, and today is the day that we set aside for our back-to-school blessing. There's a lot to celebrate lately. So you can probably imagine my surprise when I looked at the gospel reading assigned for this morning. (laughs) Fire, conflict, family division, perfect. (laughs) It seems to present a side of Jesus that may not be familiar to us. Do you think that I have come to bring peace? No, I tell you, but rather division. Now, it's good for us to be challenged by Jesus from time to time, for God's word to make us rethink our assumptions. But this statement is so different from what we expect to hear from Jesus that it can leave us scratching our heads. The truth is Jesus did come to bring peace. In fact, a peace that passes human understanding. But the only way to get to that kind of lasting peace is through justice, division, and faith. My daughter is reading Homer's Iliad in school this year, and she's reading an exciting translation by Robert Fagels. It opens like this. Rage, goddess, sing the rage of Peleus' son Achilles. Jesus' words this morning, likewise, shocking and emphatic. Fire I came to bring on earth. In the Bible, fire can symbolize many things. Because it was used to test metals, it's often a symbol for purification and testing. Proverbs 17.3 says, The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests hearts. For a similar reason, fire is often used as a symbol of judgment. Just as fire separates the pure metal from the alloy, God's judgment separates the true from the false, the good from the evil. So although Jesus really did come to bring peace, I promise, true peace requires justice, and God's judgment is simply justice pronounced. It's like a fire that tests our thoughts, words, and actions, and shows injustice and evil for what they truly are. It is only destructive of destructive thoughts and actions, and it destroys only in order to construct a just and peaceful social order. I love what Augustine says, peace in its final sense is the calm that comes of order. So peace actually requires justice. It also requires a decision. I'm not sure if you've noticed this before, but fire is also often used in the Bible as a symbol of God's presence. Think of the burning bush or the pillar of fire and cloud that the Israelites followed in the wilderness or that description of God as a consuming fire. Even our Old Testament reading this morning from Jeremiah says, is not my word like fire? It's as if the other fire imagery arises out of God's very nature. God shows evil for what it is, and God purifies us from evil. And this is why Jesus makes that paradoxical claim, 
Do you think that I have come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Of course, Jesus came to bring long-term peace, for God is our peace. But lasting peace in the future requires division in the present. When God's word confronts us, we must make a decision. What are we to make of Jesus? This surely must be one of the most important questions of life. That whole section about the father against son and the mother against daughter, those were not inserted just especially for back to school blessing Sunday. (laughs) They're not talking about conflict over household chores or homework or toys left on the floor. They are Jesus's way of telling us that how we respond to him is even more important than family harmony because peace anywhere depends on the peace only he can give. His life and ministry display with shocking clarity God's judgment on sin and evil. And the question is whether we will stand with God against evil and injustice, even when we are the ones perpetrating it. Jesus did come to bring peace, but not a cheap, superficial peace in the present, rather a deep, lasting peace that is founded on justice and is characteristic of God's kingdom. As God's word incarnate, the person and work of Jesus bring division in the present. They necessitate a decision in order to bring about a lasting peace in the future. So peace requires justice, it requires a decision, and here's where the passage takes a surprising turn. Peace also requires faith. In between the fire and the division, Jesus speaks of baptism. I have a baptism with which to be baptized. And Jesus is here referring to his own death. When we are baptized, we say that we are baptized into his death, by which we mean we participate in his death and resurrection. But our baptism is new life in him only because his baptism was our death in his. In other words, to put all of the imagery together, the fire Jesus came to bring ended up consuming him. The separation from the Father that he faced was the means of our union with God. And the baptism that was death for him is life for us. Faith sees in his death God's judgment on evil and his love for us tried and proven true. Divisions in life are unavoidable, even in families. I know, it's hard to believe. They result from decisions we make every day. What Jesus' life and ministry bring to light is the most important decision we must make in life. He does not promise that there will be no conflict, that the kids will always behave, or their parents for that matter. He only promises that in Christ, justice will prevail over injustice. Unity will overcome estrangement. And we will one day rest in God's unshakable peace. That may require faith, but it's a belief worthy of faith.